Hello, and welcome to the Special Needs Sibling Podcast, where we talk about what life is really like as a sibling to someone with special needs. I'm your host, Charlene, and today our guest is Danica. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, And as a fun fact, we actually got connected through another podcast, um, Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffold's. So I actually got to be a guest on Eddie's show, and then you listened to that episode, and here we are. We're we're connected, and you're now on my podcast, so that's super exciting. Yeah, super fun. I was glad to, uh, I was just like, these kinds of, like, podcasts, like, sibling things never show up in, like, the regular world. So when he was plugging your podcast, I was like, what? That's super cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's... It's crazy because when I pitched it to Eddie, I I think I either didn't have any content or I had my that my first episode which was just a pitch to everyone. It wasn't like I had no interviews or anything. Gotcha. But even with that, he was like, "Hey, yeah, so we and I mean I talked to I talked to him about that like on our recording and stuff, but it's it's just so crazy cuz like that's when I knew I was like, "Oh, it must be something because the fact that you I can pitch it and everyone's like oh that's interesting so you know just like oh you know that's a great idea good luck with that you know that type of like yeah. oh I want to like you know make a million dollars like well okay you know right, <laughs> or right. yeah, yeah yeah no it's awesome I'm so glad you're that you have this and that you're using the platform in this way yeah, it's been super exciting, and I, and I'm glad you get to be a part of it too. That's 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 been a really fun thing, just to like meet siblings like all over the country and like in the world. It's it's been such like a, it's been like a very joyous journey to kind of just like meet all walks of life and stuff. But we all have like something in common, which is fun. Yes. No. I, I, I had done. Um, actually, I'd been a part of like sort of like leading or helping with I mean I was like 13 so I'm not sure how much I was leading but of uh, sibling <laughs> groups <laughs> um like some sibling workshops and stuff uh at one of the therapy places my brother went to um and I was just and I think since then I really hadn't talked to any siblings in any like significant way about this and then all these years later becoming an adult like I didn't even know other people were like having the same questions and going through the same things. And so it's been really fun to listen. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I guess with that, we'll just, we'll jump into, um, your family. Um, so can you tell us about your sibling, their disability, any fun facts about their disability or their personality? Sure. Uh, so I'm the oldest of four children. Uh, I have a sister who is a couple years younger than me, and then um, my brother, and he has, he's on the autism spectrum, he's nonverbal, uh, and he's hilarious, a real jokester, and then I have my <laughs> youngest brother, who just turned 20, um, okay. and I'm 30 for context, so we've got a 10-year span, I have yeah. two wonderful parents, um, I've always said that if there were an ideal situation for mm-hmm. you know me and my siblings it would be this family so I'm very blessed in that Aww. um so yeah uh so love my family we're all quirky and sarcastic and my <laughs> my brother with autism is absolutely no different <laughs> so. yeah and that's great that's a great like family bonding thing you definitely like 
Yeah, I feel like it, it's a very... Having anyone with a disability in your family is already its own challenge for kind of everyone. You kind of just bond together because you have no... It's either that or you walk away, which is also an option for some people. I know that's kind of right. like their only, you know, safe haven is to do that. But it's... I'm very... I'm glad that, you know, you kind of all just came together. You all just came out better people out of it. Yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's my family. <laughs> cool. Yep. Um, so I guess with that, uh, is there a topic you would like to talk about on the podcast? Yeah. I mean, I, as I was thinking about this, I was just thinking about again, how, uh, how much I didn't, like I hadn't thought about connecting with other siblings since I was like 13 or 15. Mm -hmm. I, I just like, you just keep living life, but a lot happens from the ages of, you know, 15 to 30 and beyond. And, uh, and now all of my siblings are adults. And so we're walking through different, you know, things and, and life. And we each have our own experience in this family and with this family mm -hmm. structure and, um, and, just how special needs has affected our lives. And so just that everyone has their own story. And I've enjoyed listening to people who are um, the younger siblings of someone with special needs, because mm -hmm. that is, a, I don't have that experience, but I know that, you know, my brother has a different experience growing up than I do being yes. younger than my brother um, with autism. Well, I'll probably call B from here on out because I have two brothers, so it'd be confusing. Um, yeah. <laughs> we call him B all the time. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, that is actually yeah. his nickname, so it's kind of easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so just how important it is to uh, connect with other siblings. And actually, just before I uh, listened to your show for the or heard about your show for the first mm -hmm. time, just just after that, I was sitting in at work as a teacher um and I was in the the break room and there was uh we have a sub that comes in and we I know her she used to work there and uh she was talking about her brother who has down syndrome and um so we were just talking about that and we're just sitting there and just casually discussing how I mean fairly casual as casually as yes yeah <laughs> we were like we were like yeah pretty much if something happens to my parents like I'm always ready to uproot my life and move back to where my sibling is and to or to have yeah, my sibling yeah. move in with me or like not only am I legally bound to do that but I I feel that is my responsibility um and mm. there were people at the printer on the other end of the lounge <laughs> just like turned around and stared as oh, if no. they <laughs> <laughs> and it was just quite a moment like just from from realizing how long it had been since I had connected with other siblings um that are adults like I'd never done that um yeah. and having heard your podcast and then talking to her and then seeing the faces of these people who who most certainly have other responsibilities in their life yeah. that, <laughs> that is not one of them um yeah it was just like I was almost laughing at like the almost absurdity of like how casually we were talking about like, yeah, I'm just ready to up with yeah, my life. Like it, it, it's, it, 
Yeah, it's kind of just like, oh, hey, watch, I went to go watch this movie and I went to have dinner, right? It's just, it's so, like, a non-issue Yeah, for us, right? Like, it, it's not... But yeah, I'm, other people are, like, like looking at you like they saw a ghost. Right. Like, there's no <laughs> way that, right? And it's, yeah, it's such a different world of of things. So then yeah. when, when you were 13, did, did you meet, like, other siblings who were your age or, like, older or younger or kind of, like, what was the demographic of people at that time from, like, your memory? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they were mostly younger um, okay. because I was helping. Um, and so I think they were mostly younger at that okay. point. Um, so even that was different than yeah being in one of those groups that I, I didn't you know I was glad to be there and to interact with them yeah. as siblings but I, I wasn't really part of the group per se. yeah no that makes sense I think the first time that I volunteered like with families with disabilities like outside of obviously like my own situation like at like a camp retreat setting so I think I must have been oh gosh 18 or 20 or something like that and sure. so I was working with this, this seven-year-old. So, so they're, they were a family of four, two boys, two girls, and the youngest one was on the spectrum. Okay. And so I was working with, um, their oldest girl, who's the third oldest, or however we describe that, right? So, yeah. and it was so crazy because, so she was, at that time, she was seven, and so it was so fascinating for me to interact with her because I was watching her interact with her younger sister. And I had all these flashbacks of how I used to interact with my sister because it was, it was not verbatim, but it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Just like watching because you're, because like you're, because at that point, you're so removed from that section of kind of how your sibling was at that age. Right. Right. And I was like, oh, man, like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that and that. Oh, yeah, then trust people, right? There's all these kind of, like, yeah, out-of-body experiences. You're like, oh, that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah. Yep, yeah. totally. And I see kids now, like, in my work and, and just the different things that I um, have volunteered to do, and I will look at um, siblings and how they don't necessarily trust other people with their siblings um and I'm like oh yep I get I get I still I still get that um but I remember feeling that even at the age of seven you know like Mm -hmm. and just just inherently knowing so my brother was diagnosed when he was two um and which is pretty typical um and so I was eight I think, um, at that point. And I even just remember to this day, I feel that like, I always knew the difference between people who treated my brother as a human and someone Mm -hmm. who was worth knowing and uh, treat him as his, his age versus people who didn't know how to handle it or didn't care to try. And, um, and I still feel that way, but I see some of these like siblings reacting some of the same ways that like, I I was a really quiet child, but I remember (laughs) talking to a like 
there was like a security guard in a museum and my brother was obsessed with water. Um, <laughs> that was just one of his like focus points. And I remember he was playing in a fountain and he wasn't like causing a big ruckus, but this security guard got really mad. And I talked back to the security guard at like oh, the man. And I, and I never, but like, you know, your sibling just brings out some of those yes. protective instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's definitely like things that you just didn't know that you yourself were capable of. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's only, and it's kind of like it's only due to them being the way that they are, right? Or like diagnosis, whatever. Like, it's just. Yeah, like, had that situation been different, like, you may or may not have even honed in that particular part of your personality or whatever it was. Like, it's, Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Pretty crazy sometimes what we're capable of when push comes to shove. <laughs> but yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Are there anything, like, and this is kind of however, whatever direction you want to take it, but is there anything that, like when you were younger, you're like, oh, you know, life is this way, and then kind of you have, like, you know, as you get older, you have paradigm shifts, and you're like, oh, that's either good for the good or the bad, whatever, however you feel like answering that, because that could be a personality that could be, like, vocational-related or anything, but, you know, is there any, like, particular instance of time where you, like, can see kind of a more clear shift in kind of, like, either your perspective or how you interact with the world or just what you do with your life? Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, um, when I was younger, I, you know, always wanted to be in some kind of helping profession. When I was really young, I wanted to be like a, like a veterinarian or mm -hmm. someone who worked with animals or in conservation or something like that. And as I got older, in high school, I wanted to go into the health field. And so I did, you know, some of those high school adjacent classes and things. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I remember doing a final report when I was um, in, mm, I was probably senior, um, and at this tech center I was at, and I was doing health science, and I was like, I want to be a speech therapist. And then immediately after that, while I was, I remember while I was giving this, like, presentation, I was like, no, I need <laughs> Like I don't, I don't want to do something that I already deal with in my daily yeah, a life. daily basis. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that lasted not very long. Um, because I <laughs> now have a special ed degree and a developmental psychology degree, so that didn't last very long. But there, but there was a moment where I realized I even like recognized uh, like from my own self that I needed a, a separation like I needed a mm. some kind of something because I was in it every day and so to go into speech therapy maybe wasn't my smartest option and why did I want to go into speech therapy I mean it was like this you know philosophical conundrum yeah. that I was in um and I don't even remember exactly like why I worked out or how I worked through that. But I do remember that moment during my presentation where I was like, no, like I need to yeah. separate, I need to separate 
my personal life from what my, I want my professional life to look like. And while it kind of wrapped around um, and eventually went back to something like that, I, yeah. I did. I needed that separation uh, just mentally. Um, and I think that's something that having listened to other siblings on your podcast and mm-hmm. like, I think that's something that we may all struggle with is that is yes. how, how much do you separate yourself and how much do you uh, live your own life and go on your own journey and how much are you responsible because it, 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 it for your sibling, for your family. And I don't remember what interview you were doing, um, but, but it's like, you want to say, nope, not my journey, not my circus, not my monkeys, but it's, that's not a fact. Like that's not actually true. Yeah. And some, like you said, some people can and should walk away from a, like a toxic family situation. Yeah. And, you know, like there is always that, but for a, a lot of us, it is just not the reality that it, it's not our circus. It, <laughs> they are yeah. our monkeys and it is our circus, but, but into, to what degree do you separate, um, your life from your siblings life and your family's life and I think that it I I I have never lived anything else but I do think that there is maybe a difference in our (laughs) our view of that versus the average sibling yeah and it and it's this like I feel like it's a like a revolving door where you know, there's periods of time where, like, you need to be more involved and periods of time where, like, you need more space and, like, and all these things. And it, and it's, it's just, it's so hard because even when I decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have this boundary and do this thing, which is good. Yeah. But then, you know, six months later, it's like, oh, by the way, did you know that now your brother or sister has this other new thing, right? Like, <clears throat> whether it's behavior change or financial change, like, there's all these things, and it's like, oh, okay, now, and you're, and I feel like it's like a, you have to constantly go in and reevaluate what the boundaries, and I'm, and, and I'm not saying to move the boundary closer or further, but it's, I feel like it, it's, it's not as definitive, I think, as other kind of like normal kind of situ- family situations where, you know, like, Oh, you know, I'm going to cut off my brother because X, Y, Z. Then if you work it out 20 years later, then like, you know, good for you. But like, we can't, that's not an option for us. Right. You know, it's like in six months, let me check in to see if they're okay. Or, you know, it doesn't be six months, but it's just, yeah, it's so different than a normal relationship that people can have. Yeah. And I, I like your, the, the analogy of a revolving door because it's true. Like there, there, it's never just like, you know, I can, you know, keep this one boundary or keep my life in this certain way, um, for an indefinite period of time, because there's always some kind of change. Um, and I'm pretty invested in keeping up with those changes. Um, uh, I, from, you know, my feeling of duty as a sister, but I also have signed legal paperwork that <laughs> if I don't keep up on this and something happens to my parents, like I'll, I'm going to regret that too. Um, yeah. And so it's both. It's my love for my brother and my family. And it's also an actual duty that I feel like. <laughs> yeah. 
are um are all the rest of the three of you on it, or is it just you that's on like your conservatorship yeah. stuff? So my sister and I um share the different types of responsibilities. Um, oh, okay, in, got it. On paper, so uh, and that's nice to know too. Like I think of you and the other siblings that are it's mm-hmm. it's just you. Yep. Um, and, and that's a lot. Cause I, I do know, like I, my sister will have my back and I will have her back and we'll make it work. Um, so I feel blessed about that as well. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely been an interesting thing where it's like, there's so many elements of like being like one of two versus being like one of more than two <laughs> whether it's yes. like three four etc yes yeah and it's like that has its own set of like ups and downs and like you know i have my own sets of ups and downs and it and it's so fascinating sometimes just because there's so much overlap despite the differences in the number of people like in your family yeah like, so yeah there's like overlap just in like certain struggles or like conversations or just like the fact that you have to sign conservatorship paper to begin with as a general statement, right? Because that's <laughs> kind of a struggle for everyone. And the thing that's been fascinating about that is like, I've met people who are on it, who are not on it, who have to like, they got on it much later in like their adult life than versus other people who got on it very like in, much more in their young adulthood. And it's... Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing because the, like, like kind of what you were saying earlier, where it's like, that's not a normal conversation you have if you're not in this type of situation, right? And it's, I feel like whenever, I feel like that's, the, the conservatorship in whatever form it takes itself creates a conversation no matter what happens because it's either why am I not on it why didn't you put me on it will you be right it kind of gets the whole family to talk about it whether people want to or not just because you have to address the fact that at some point in the future like your your patient could be incapacitated whatever that is right because that could just be old age it could be injuries it could be like a variety of things right and I think that's the key it's like they don't have to decease in order for the conservatorship to kick in right and i think that's something that i had to and i think that's why i always use the words incapacitate because i think that's just something my parents kind of just use right it's because they don't have to be gone they just have to not have the ability to be able to caretake and make rational decisions for my sister right yeah and i think yeah so it's and it it and it's always so funny because I remember, like, so, you know, like, at when you work at, like, big kind of, mark, like, corporate places where they always have, like, these things called, like, lunch and learn where, like, oh, like, the CEO or, like, some very important manager that, you you know, sign up whenever. And so yeah, what what my manager at that time, he's like, oh, he's just like, I'll just sign you up because there were just some limitations on, like, I couldn't directly do it. But he's like, hey, just it's an opportunity just to meet, like, more people and stuff. And it was yeah. so funny because there's, you know, all these people who are probably, like, 40 and up. And at that time, I was, like, early 20s. Sure. They haven't, they, they brought up the, they brought up wills just for whatever, right? Because it makes it, because their parents are probably, you know, like, 
closer to like 80 or right. whatever. And so they're talking about all these like, you know, trust and will and stuff. And I was like, I I can add to this conversation and I shouldn't actually be able to at my age, right? Because right? it's not it's not information that a regular 20-something-year-old would kind of need to participate in. Right. But, right. Yeah. yeah. And just, like, I remember signing the papers because my parents, like, took a trip to Kenya, okay? So they were both traveling internationally, and so they yeah. that's why they started, you know, setting it up in the first place. Um mm-hmm. And at the time, it was a big deal, and I felt, like, the weight of it, but not, I feel like just ever the, like, ever since, it's just been part of my decision-making process. Like, just anything Mm. I do that's in the back of my mind, and, like, and that's just not everyone thinks like that not everyone has to not everyone is just like it's it's fascinating to me and so again like that's another reason like when you when I started listening to your podcast I was like mm-hmm. other people are thinking like other people have to <laughs> not just me and my siblings mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like you're not a lunatic I'm not I don't need to go to a psycho ward <laughs> like all the, right like yeah do you live in close proximity to where your brother lives? So I live about 60 miles from where he is. So about an okay. hour. Yeah. Um, and that's been true for the last uh, eight years. Um, okay. But uh, so, yeah, it's been, you know, I've been living in the distance for a few years now. Okay. Yeah, the the... Yeah, I think that's also the the other fascinating thing of kind of when I've talked to people like the distance people live in, and it, and I mean it's a mixed bag, which I think is a is a good thing, like because yeah. obviously everyone's like family situations are are different, but like when you kind of like first moved out into the distance, you were away from him. What whatever I don't know if that's the place you're at now or a different one, but like sure. did. Like, what was your experience like in terms of, like, your identity shifting? Because I know that when I moved out, I was, like, I was in tears most of the time, didn't know why I was upset. Like, it was it was very hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. The first the first six months was really brutal, but it just, yeah. But I'm, I'm yeah. wondering, like, what your experience was like when you first kind of, like, was a, were away from, like, your core family. Yeah. I just... I... It's interesting because my fa- when I moved out, all the rest of my siblings were still um, mostly under 18, but all living, still living at the house. Okay. Um, and so it was um, me moving away from my siblings as a whole. That was like really hard for me. Um, and just with an added layer of having my brother uh, be on the spectrum and, and just like, that was just another layer. So for me, it was a lot more about um, what does it look like to be a sister from so far away? Uh, And uh, what really got me interestingly um, was when my brother moved into a group home 
um, that my parents started, which is a similarity in our stories. But, um, but when he moved out and I'm not like, again, I live 60 miles away. Um, but when he moved out, uh, and I, I visit pretty regularly. So a lot of times and he, his group home is on the way back to my house. Um, and so a lot of times I will drop him off. And the first time I dropped him off, I couldn't leave the driveway. Like I, he was was thrilled to be going to his group. (laughs) He is thriving in, in the independence that that is giving him. Um, But it didn't matter because I, you know, I trust my family with him and I trust a handful of other people with him. But this group home manager, my parents hired him. So I, I trust in that, but not enough for me to be able to have easily left that driveway that day. Oh, and like, yeah. and, and like, it was just so, so difficult. And I honestly struggled more with that specifically with my brother than, okay. than initially moving away. Um, oh yeah. Okay. I see. So even though, you know, he's, you know, I, I was the same distance from him either whether he was in the group home or not, um, just the knowledge that he was living with other people was very, very difficult for me. And it, and it still is, but, but it's been a while, um, about a year or so. Um, and so it's getting, you know, it's getting easier and I do know, um, like the house parent and all that. Um, so I I know he's being taken care of, but I, (laughs) but it was, oh, it was so, it was so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, yeah, it's kind of like, and you, and it's something like you don't see coming and then stuff just happens and you're like, oh, I have a unmeasurable amount of feelings about whatever (laughs) it is, whether whether it's that or just other stuff. Like, yeah, you kind of don't know how much you care until it happens. You're like, oh, I'm just, Yeah, you, you just, like, don't know. Um, so, I, oh, yeah, I remember we talked about the, our, the housing situation about, about both of our siblings, which, depending on how in-depth you want to go into it, you know, we could be as generic or not generic as you feel like if you want to talk about it, but, like, yeah. it's... Um, so, was your parents' intention was just to start so that kind of your brother had somewhere to live because they didn't want to put him in, like, a different group home situation? Yeah, so we had some pretty, um, kind of, uh, tragic, um, experiences with other group homes and just oh, my, okay. not that my brother had ever lived in one, um, because he hadn't, but when we were trying them out, um, okay. there was just, just a lot of red flags for a lot of them. I see. Okay. Um, and they, he was never, first of all, I don't, I don't think he was ever like accepted into one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why my parents started um, the group home. And that comes with a lot of challenges that I'm not um, experienced or, um, sort of involved enough to speak on um but 
you know, for for what it's worth, it has been so good for my mm-hmm. brother to to be on on his own in a sense. Um mm-hmm. just living living his own his own life and um and it that has been really cool to see. But yeah, um there's there's a reason it's really hard to find a group home and that's because they're hard to run. Um, and they're, yeah, they're, I was going to, I was going to ask like how, and again, like this is to your comfort level, what you want to share and stuff. But I was wondering like what your feelings are just about like your parents choosing to run a home. Cause obviously your brother is one thing, but them choosing to like have a housing product is a whole other element. <laughs> Yeah, and and that is, you know, their journey for for them to speak on. But I know that they they felt, you know, like that that that's what they needed to be doing. That's what they felt like they were mm-hmm. that they were called to do, um, is to start is to start a group home. Um, not only for B, but they know the need for it. Um, and. And so I, yeah, and so they, they know the need for it and that's why they sort of have a, a heart for it. Uh, but it has been difficult um, and yeah, there's a lot yeah. of things that go into it. Like, do you get licensed or do you not? Which is a choice in my state. Um, okay. Uh, and do you, like what comes with that? What's the benefit? What's the drawbacks? Um, yeah. You know, making sure all the staff are happy, making sure the house gets clean. Like there, there is so many factors that go into it, um, and it's it's really difficult. And it's given me a different view of sort of the group home uh, everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's very difficult, and there there's a reason that not all of them are great and there's a reason that there's not very many of them and um and so it's given me a different perspective on that for sure yeah it's i mean finding housing as a general statement is already challenging let alone (laughs) figuring out like which group home and whatever so i know yeah i know that when my parents found like, where my sister lives now, like, that was a very big blessing, like, just overall, you know, the, like, you know, kind of, like, what are the odds, like, you know, they, right time, right place, there's all, there's all these different factors, which allowed me to be able to move, um, just because, obviously, like, I subconsciously was like, I'm not gonna move away further than X, because I can't, right, and not that you actually can't, but, you know, the subconscious part of you is not going to do that. Right. And it's this, it's this thing that it, it's a very, like, I feel like that and, like, just the, like, my relationship with her housing is such a roller coaster of, I don't, I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's yeah. so hard, right? Cause it's like, I'm glad she has her housing and I'm glad that I have the ability to do what I want and my parents can do what they want. And at the same time, like when they were, when at the time when they were building it, I was kind of like, that's all we did. Right. There was, there was no like, 
oh, we have time to do this. It's like every week we're going to go to this location, right? And there's all these, there's all these things. And I was like, and in real time, I kind of didn't, I wasn't really bothered by it, but just like now that it's over, like that season is over, I'm kind of looking back at it like, wow, like that's, that took a lot out of my parents who weren't even in charge, right? My parents were just participation, participating with other families and, and stuff and it's it's just like i don't know yeah i don't know i, I obviously i haven't worked out how i feel about it but like i that's, that's why i was just because i think you're the first person who your parents are kind of it's more of a similar situation not the not identical but versus yeah. a lot of other people who either still live at home with their siblings or you know they're actually in re-established group homes that you know pre-existing all that kind of yes. stuff like that yeah yeah, and it's really it's really difficult and it's really complicated and I know it's and it and it is the and I'm not a parent um and so I don't know what it's like but it's very it's very complicated because we know that it is that right now like my brother being independent is is the best thing like he is happy he is thriving um and so does that make it all worth it I think so um (laughs) yeah I I think so um but it's (laughs) but it's very difficult but that's been true throughout our story as a as a family of someone with special needs is you know Mm. we I always say I lived in Arizona for a while um, and I was 10, I think, I don't know, something like that. Um, And it was like a month or a month and a half, but, but to me, me, that was, I was not with my friends. I was not at my church. I was not, you know, like I was, um, and I lived there uh, or so I say, because there was a novel treatment um, for my brother in Arizona. And so we, you know, we live in Michigan. So we road tripped all the way with my like six month old youngest brother. Um, and I, I, we, he got some things out of that therapy. Was it worth it? Do we regret it? No, (laughs) no, probably not, but it was huge. And so like, I think just through, throughout life, like yeah. in this situation, there's just so many things where you're you're weighing the the pros and the cons, and you're like, I I think it all balances out, but it is yeah. not. It's really hard. It's really really difficult, and I think there's a lot of um emotions that go into it. But but underneath it is caring for you know my sibling with with a sense of his humanity and his need for everything that other humans need. Um, and I think that's important. I do think that, that it balances out most of the time, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. It's not like you can't just look at it and be like, yep, that was, that's a hundred percent worth everything that we went through. You just, <laughs> yeah. It, and it's so interesting as like, cause now that we're all adults, you definitely have more, like, like, because I'm also not a parent, right? So it's kind of, you just have, 
slightly more understanding and compassion towards like okay like that's not an e- right versus like when you're going through it real time as a kid you're like this is terrible and xyz but like right i think we definitely have more like compassion for where they're at but like at, and at the same time it's kind of like it's it's this interesting thing where sometimes depending on the situation you kind of go like oh would i have made a different choice if i had right. to choose which is like not everyone you know that's a whole different like kind of <laughs> thing where and i think that's which is a kind of you know the parent sibling kind of this balanced teeter-totter and then the because there's our actual parents and there's us and then there's them and there's this like kind of triangle of well who who's deciding who gets to choose what's best for who but they can make their own choices yeah at the same time just like a regular like seven-year-old can make their own choices right right and it's like who are you to disregard it but yeah it's it's so complicated but i think it's it's this kind of i feel like a lot of life or our lives are just they're all trade-offs yeah right it's kind of like it's not even lesser of the two evils it's just a trade-off kind of like we can either do this and kind of have this consequence or try this other thing with a different set of consequences yep but they're both equal right they're not it's not good or bad or evil or or valentine or anything yeah it's they're just different trade-offs that no matter what it kind of makes it hard on somebody yeah <laughs> whether yeah. right and it, and it, and it's you know it's kind of like just who get who who gets to shore and stick this around right. <laughs> you know which which kind of sounds a little dire but it's true at the same time right like we can't true. not we can't pretend that like oh like and you know in real time we can be like hey you can make the most out of it for sure yeah. like there there's definitely like a we definitely have to make the most of what's happening but and at the same time we have to acknowledge that it's everyone is having a hard time right now yes you know yeah. like we're all in this car driving to whatever location right. and we're all dying like on the inside yep. right like yeah like mom and dad are dying i'm not like like everyone is suffering in their own right but it's yeah it's hard like it yeah. is <laughs> it is yeah and i think that just something else i was thinking about as i was preparing for this is just thinking about the um like the craving that I had for a bit of normalcy growing up um and it wasn't it wasn't really sorry uh it wasn't really that my that my brother would be different um but and this is again like I think there's a difference sometimes between like birth order and and siblings, but I, Mm -hmm. I found myself just like thriving in caretaker mode most of the time. Okay. But, but I, I just immediately knew as soon as he was, and probably even before my brother was diagnosed, like, like he was mine. Like, like I'm, gonna Mm -hmm. care for him whether he is watching blues clues on absolute repeat or running Mm -hmm. away or you know like what what whatever he's doing um but like I always I can think of almost all of the times where he and I would have sort of this moment of like 
the average sibling relationship mm-hmm. and like it, he's nonverbal he's still nonverbal he has an iPad he uh that he communicates on when he wants to he's yeah. very stubborn as am I in my own ways but he <laughs> chooses to communicate what he wants when he wants um, right <laughs> which we all do I suppose um yeah. but he I remember this one time in a in uh on a road trip we did a lot of road trips um but he was on his iPad and he just started pressing the button Sprite Sprite <laughs> he did it just kept going over and over again and I was like stop stop <laughs> stop doing this and we were both in the back seat because neither of us get car sick and the rest of my okay. family gets car sick so we were always together in the back seat. oh okay okay um, and I was like stop doing that and he looked at me he looked back to his iPad Sprite right just over and over again and and I just remember being on one hand irritated that that was happening because I just wanted to read my book and on the other hand just absolutely thriving inside because it was it was a typical I felt like we were um on equal footing like I felt like Mm. like he had the same sibling power over me as I did on him he was he was ignoring me um and and ignoring and annoying at the same time um and and, you know that's happened many many times since then um but even as a kid I just remember like I mean and it kind of goes back to the the trade-off of different and weighing different things is just like sometimes Mm -hmm. you just crave a bit of of normalcy and knowing what the and and the trade-off is he was annoying me the trade-off for (laughs) (laughs) like he was intentionally annoying me um and and I just like even to this day his go-to response to me on his iPad is birthday and at first I took that really seriously like is does he want to celebrate his birthday? Does he know someone? Oh, right. And I took it really seriously. And now I'm like, just, please just give me, what do you want for lunch? Like, stop telling me. <laughs> but he, he uses that to, to get to me. Like it's our like connection point. And I'm at the yeah. same time, very annoyed that he's not communicating his need. And at, on the other hand, very um, satisfied that we are having a normal sibling relationship yeah does that make sense no it does i ever did you did you ever watch inside out yeah yes it's that you know what the well spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen it which okay that that's it's been a very long time this movie so if you've not seen it go watch it because yeah like yeah exactly but at the end that's why i was like just in case right (laughs) so when when all the all the f- her five feelings they learn that they can like coexist and that's yeah. when they can like both be like core memories and like you know there's all these like there's two of them per per marvel instead of just like one right and i was like oh yeah like that's like i feel not not that normal people don't go through that but i just right. feel like it's even it's just more um intense with siblings like you just kind of 
Like, I feel like it's, they, it feels like they're very different feelings that coexist versus maybe, like, kind of a more typical, normal situation where, like, oh, I'm happy and sad, and, like, oh, that sucks. And they kind of, I just feel like it's not as intense. Yeah. In yeah. a way. Yeah. And it's not as separate. Like, with my other siblings, they would annoy me, and I would be proud of them, or I'd be caretaking with them, but it didn't yeah. feel as significant when those things happen because yeah it's just like the that was my normal experience with them it's like yeah I love, you. I love you this minute I feel like I'm you know caring for you this minute and here you're annoying me it didn't feel separate it felt interwoven whereas if oh like, yeah so it feels like more like a normal kind of like you're going with yeah. like it's more streamlined versus like with your brother it's like these like right. kind of explosive things that right. happen or like you don't know what it's happening and like more unpredictable I guess versus like n- it's right. just part of the re- quote unquote regular journey of being a right in a family yeah yes yeah and like one minute I'm in charge of watching the camera that's pointed towards the bin of water that my brother's playing with constantly because he's a runner so we had to have a camera um oh, and okay all we wanted to do was be outside playing in this bin of water but he wasn't just staying there he was also running so like one minute i'm in charge of watching this camera for an hour while my mom showers or does whatever she needs to do right um and you know the next minute i'm sitting singing to you know the veggie tales show like with him like he's sitting there playing it and i'm you know like just and and it just felt like two two different lives almost um so that's really interesting Something I'm also really geeky interested in is, and I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned it already, but like the difference between older siblings and younger siblings yes. of those with special needs. I am fascinated by that yeah. um, because I know that me and my siblings have different experiences and different feelings and different ways that we interact with my brother um, yeah. because of birth order um, and other things, but because of birth order. And I am just like, weirdly fascinated like just by just by the by what differences and what similarities there are um yeah between those two things so I'm I'm always like specifically listening whenever like there's a younger podcast because I'm like I don't know I don't have that experience like that's not my experience but in some ways it's very similar and in some ways it's very different yeah it's just it's kind of like yeah, all over the map, which has been, yeah, it's just, it's been so fascinating to kind of, like, where people are at in, like, their just regular adult lives, and then kind of how that fits into, like, their sibling mode, and then how, and then the birth or which was always interesting for me when I, like, started interacting with other, like, adults that were siblings, because, like, I think a lot of people that I would talk to were mostly the oldest one. And I don't know that those are just, like, coincidences where, like, you just, you know, <laughs> when you're the oldest one, you just meet other older ones. And you're, like, I don't know this is how what that I'm pans out. Is it a coincidence like, or is it psychological? And I'm gonna bet it's psychological. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, like, the, yeah, I could believe that. Just because, like, there's certain, 
Well, and, and what's funny is I feel like I... Actually, what's really funny, now that I think about it, my group of closest friends are all... They're, they're a mix of, like, older and younger, but the majority of people that I've met in the sibling like world mostly at this point in time as of this recording are older now that could ob- obviously that right. can change over time but yeah no it's fascinating just like the and that and the other thing that kind of is interesting is like even within us both being older like there's certain well and now it, it gets into like super more psychological things because it's like do you have this personality trait due to being the oldest being to the oldest of a somewhat person with a disability or just because you just inherently have it due to your parents functioning however right. they function and interact with the world. Yeah. I know. I know. And I, if I, I might, if I did my master's thesis over again, um, mm-hmm. I might do it on siblings because, because I'm just so so interested in that um and the way that I can't tell my siblings stories for them because they're their own humans but also because I literally we grew up in the same family at the same time with the same people and I Mm -hmm. don't I don't have their their view um yeah and that's true in in whatever family but I just it just seemed for for a while. It seemed like I could, like you know, here's our experience. But as we've gotten to be older and had more discussions, I'm like, we didn't experience that the same way at all. Like we are oh. very um in the way that we process that or saw that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just think that that would be yeah. really. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be good. It'll, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting. Kind of like the. Yeah, as as more episodes get released and stuff, and the more people I meet, so it's yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see like kind of how like you connect with various people in various like situations. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I've appreciated getting to hear different views, and I'm looking forward to more. Cool. Uh, I guess with that, we will end on your words of encouragement for other fellow siblings listening. Sure. I think I just want every sibling with and without a disability to know that your story matters. Um, and however you choose to, to tell that is, is your choice, but it, but I encourage you to tell it, um, because you just never know, um, when you're going to meet someone who, who needs to hear that, who needs to hear that they're, that they're not alone, uh, who might be sitting in your, you know, work lounge and just <laughs> suddenly <Yep>. discussing <laughs> responsibility. Future problems, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I just, that was just a very profound moment for me because I looked around at the rest of the room and they were all like aghast that, that that conversation was so casually happening but to look at the person across from me and be like you get it you get it Mm -hmm. um so just that your story is 
important and however you choose to tell it um, is your prerogative but I think I think we should be sharing it in some form um, because we're not alone there there's a lot of us yeah. that are working through the same questions so yeah awesome well yeah. thank you for being on the podcast yeah thanks for being on the podcast thanks to Eddie for yes connecting us and <laughs> Yeah, and I, I will put a link to his show so that everyone can go check out his stuff too. But yeah, I it's the podcast world was a great thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Special Needs Sibling Podcast. If you're new here, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more siblings and friends find us. You can also support the podcast by donating on Ko-fi. That's K-O-F-I. You can check out the link in the description for more info. If you're a special needs sibling, I hope you feel encouraged and validated in your journey. If you're not a sibling but know someone who is, I hope you learned a little bit more about what their life is like. That's all for now. And until next time, this is the Special Needs Sibling Podcast.